a family favorite for three decades. The Bull Run Festival of Lights dazzles with two and a half miles of sparkling holiday lights. See more than 600 light displays, with new displays added every year. Ooh and ah as you drive through the winter wonderland, where it's always snowing, and come see the tallest light display yet. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 10th. Get your tickets now at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, speak to us tonight. Do what you do when you do when you do it because you do all things so well. We're open and we're ready to receive. Tonight, God, we are going to learn how to fix our failures. We have all failed, but tonight, God, we're going to learn how to fix them. And we declare that what comes after failure will be greater than what came before. That what comes on the other side of a breakdown is going to be better than what was before. That what comes on the other side of a challenge is going to be greater than what was before. We are those that were born to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. And for that, we say thank you. Even before this word begins, can I get you to lift your hands? Say, I release my failures. I release my mistakes. I release my bad decisions. Say they were necessary for my development. But say in my next 12, I prophesy to my own life. Failure free. Come on, y'all. Speak life into your own life. Say in my next 12, I prophesy failure free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's go to work. Grab a seat. Let's get into this word. So you know our series is called Tacoon. What is it called? Tacoon. That is a biblical word that means to amend or to fix. Sunday's message was how to fix your finances. And I taught you that whenever a financial message comes, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in financial lack. In fact, the people of Harvest are doing amazingly well. 
We are faithful givers, and that's why we're flourishing. Can I just get you? You can't touch your neighbor, but just wink at your neighbor. What are you telling them when you wink? That they are doing better now than they've ever done before. That they are debt-free, and they're seeing debts canceled like never before. They are seeing their income increase like never before. They are seeing the blessing of the Lord prosper them like never before. I wish I had some witnesses in this building that could testify that your life is better now, even in the midst of a pandemic, than it was before. You might be sitting next to one of them new six-figure earners. You, you might be sitting next to one of those seven-figure earners. Open up your mouth and say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. So, so we looked at that. But not Any financial message doesn't necessarily mean that you're in lack. But the bigger you're blessed, the bigger you can bless. And we fixed three things. The first of those was we fixed your money management. We looked at Luke chapter 19, verse 15, and we discovered there's a difference between being a manager and an owner. And we discovered that everything we have, we're managers of, we're not owners of. Everything that we have belongs to the Lord. Watch this. Your body is not your own. It belongs to the Lord. So question, knowing that you're going to have to give your body back to him one day, is it better now than when he first gave it to you. It's quiet in this church tonight. I, everything that we have, we got to give it back better to him because as a manager, a manager has to report back to an owner. This is an important concept because you're a steward, not an owner. When you're an owner, you can be careless because it's yours. When you're a manager, you can't because you got to give it back to somebody. And your finances are that way, but can I be honest with you? Everything about you is that way. Your family's that way. Husband, you are a manager. You are not the owner, which means you are supposed to give your spouse back better to God than God gave them to you. If you can't upgrade them, what do they need you for? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. If you can't make it better for them, listen, they can struggle by themselves. They don't need to struggle with nobody. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. They can be stressed out by themselves. They don't need to be stressed out with somebody. Everything we have, we are managers of. Somebody say, I'm a manager, not an owner. So we look specifically at your finances. The man gives uh, uh, some money to some servants, and he comes back, and he says, listen, I want to know what you did. Do business until I come, and I want to know what you did with what I gave you. And can I be honest? Let's be honest. Uh, many of us were not given much to start with, but you took a little and turned it into a whole lot. All right, let me preach to my own self. Watch me. Your neighbor, when you look at their life, you see their glory, but you don't have a clue about their story because they were not dealt a great hand. They were not dealt a great situation. They were not given a good scenario. The deck was literally stacked against them. There was no way that they'd gotten to this stage in life and this place in life after all the hell they've been through except two words, but God, shut up. I wish that there were some people in this building and some people online that knew something about a but God. Because the only reason you didn't snap, crackle, and pop was the only reason you didn't go and shoot the place up was the only reason you didn't lose your mind was the only reason that you are doing better today than any other time of your life is but God. It's not your education. It's not your pedigree. It's not how good you look. It's not your skin tone. It's not your education. It's not how many degrees you have. The only reason you got anything, baby, is but God. So God says, everything I give you, you need to manage it well. Question, how are you managing what you have? Are you complaining about it or are you working it? Are you wishing it was somebody else's hand or are you playing yours? Come on, because you can look at other people's hands all day long and say, God, why did they get that hand? Can I be honest with you? I'm going to do a video, but let me give you a preview of it. Um, I used to ask, so I said, Lord, why is it that for me, it seems like there's all these extra steps 
and extra delay and extra stuff. Watch me. I said, Lord, like, because, I mean, it seems like, can we have an honest conversation? You ever looked at uh, less talented people, less skilled people? And you're not a hater. You're just being real. Uh, okay, never mind. Okay. You, you ever looked at certain people and said, God, why does it seem like things happen easier for them than it does for me? First thing he said is, well, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes because everything that glitter ain't gold. Let's go. You don't know the price that's paid for that. He said, number two, here's what you need to understand. If I gave you something that requires you to be hidden longer, that is because I intend for you to reign longer. Let's see if I can go here. The Bible says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him, shut up, until it could be hidden no longer. Why? Because Moses was going to be used to do what they had never seen done before. Moses was going to go from being a nobody to taking two million people into a land, that, uh, close to a land called promise. Can I help some of you? The reason you've been hidden is because God wanted to master your management in private. So that when he can no longer hide you, he's going to pull all of the skills you developed in private. The whole world is going to see you. Can I get you to open your mouth and say your first and last name, please? Yeah, he kept you in hiding. He kept you in protection. And it wasn't punishment. It was protection because he was getting you to master your management. Not just your money. You learn how to master your attitude, how to master your emotions, how to master prayer, how to master worship, how to master betrayal. You are a master. Can you lay your hands on yourself and say, you mastered some stuff now. You. Somebody said, what kind of degree you got? Baby, I'm a master. I've been to hell and came back, and I'm stronger than I was before. I have mastered some things. Come on, say, I mastered some things. Say it again, I mastered some things. All right, so, so he keeps you hidden for a while so that you learn to master some things in private so that when he puts you on, you know what to do when you're on. I need you to thank God for the delay. Oh, my God. Yep, listen, I'm, if y'all don't get into this, I'm fine. I need you to thank God for the delay. Why? Every delay was for your benefit. And what you thought was a repeat, God says, no, this is just refining your management. Because when you stand before me, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to celebrate you in front of the angels and say, my son did a heck of a job with the little bit he had to start with. Y'all ain't saying that. My daughter did a heck of a job with the mess she had to go through, with the stuff she had to go through, with the stuff. Would you just elbow somebody? Don't touch her, but just elbow them. They need to know they're not chump change. They need to know they're not a failure. They need to know they made mistakes, but they're not a mistake. And they're next 12. It's going to be their best 12. Somebody say, I mastered my management. Say, I did it in private. So when he takes me public, I know what to do. All right, so, so we dealt with your money, man. I could stop right now. Listen, if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ today. All right, so then we fix your money movement. And what do we do? We learn that faithful givers do what? Flourish. Flourish, but casual or inconsistent givers. They come up, then they go down. Nehemiah 12 and 44 says this. To the storehouse, and I taught you on Sunday, the storehouse is what was attached to the temple, what was attached to the church uh, for the purposes of giving because they were an agricultural society. And so people, they didn't have money as a means of exchange during that time. That came later. Uh, so during that time, people would bring their grain. They would bring... 
and their livestock. They would bring uh, the first fruits of uh, uh, all of what they had. And so it was literally kept in the storehouse. So attached to the church, the church's treasury was called up storehouse. So when the scripture says bring in the, all the tithes and offerings in Malachi 3 into the storehouse, it literally says bring it to the church's treasuries. And when it says the storehouse in Nehemiah 12, 44, it's saying the same thing. So it says the storehouse for the offering. Somebody say, I sow the offering. The first fruit. Say, I sow the first fruit. Say, but I pay the tithes. All right, so an offering is everything you give above your tithe. Tithe is the first 10% of the gross form of every form of income. Somebody gives you a gift card. The first 10% belongs to God. You got it? You get babysitting money. The first 10% belongs to God. You got it? All right, all right, all right. So all of that belongs to the Lord. Then first fruit. That's what you So That's the first of any increase. And we teach about this in Harvest Shoe. They're in BTS also. Uh, and we teach about that. First fruit is the first of an increase. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10 detail this, but it's also throughout the scripture. Do you not know that the Bible says that Abel brought a first fruit, but Cain brought an offering? Because one required a greater sacrifice than the other. Let's go. A first fruit, uh, literally, if you get a raise on your job, you get a $1,000 a month raise on your job. That's a good place to see that. Listen, let's just go on for two. Some of y'all so quiet. <laughs> you ain't saying nothing. That's why you ain't seeing nothing. Let, let's just go for three. Let's just go for you going to be the only one in the department to get a $10,000 bonus in the second quarter. You can sleep on what I said if you want to, but 1 Samuel 3.19 says, And the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. So you get a $1,000 a month raise on your job. That's, that's increase. So a tithe of that would be what? 100 bucks. The first fruit, the first fruit. The first time you take that fruit, that's the first fruit. So that would be the whole $1,000. Let's see you get a new job. The new job, that whole thing is increased. So that means the first fruit is the whole of that first check. Most Christians have never been taught this. And consequently, it was not that you were doing wrong. You just weren't doing enough of what's right. See, listen, if you're trying to make biscuits and, uh, and you don't have, uh, uh, you know, listen, and you don't have flour, you're talking about I'm making health biscuits. Listen, but I don't even know what you're doing this for. <laughs> don't nobody want no healthy biscuit. That's, we don't want it for that. And you don't have flour, you can, listen, everybody listen, you can be in the kitchen for hours just I'm slaving over these biscuits. I, I, I'm just doing all, I'm doing all that. And then you put that mess in the oven <laughs> and then it comes out. And it's not good. And you can say, what's wrong? It's not that you did anything wrong. You just didn't do what was right. It's not that you did anything wrong. You just didn't do enough of what was right. You got me? Um, listen, I used to cook back in the day, believe it or not. I talk about the fact that I don't cook. But I used to be able to cook. The Lord took that from me because he wanted me to focus on the word. Listen. He said, I don't need you distracted in this kitchen, son. I need you, I need you to make spiritual food for my people. Let somebody else make the real food. Listen. And so, and so, so, so I used to be able to cook real good. I could tell I was losing it one day because I was making a dessert and my, des and my desserts used to be all right. And, uh, I ain't even going to say real good. Cause you know, I, you know, I just said, all right, it used to be all right. And one day I was making, I was making a cake and, uh, and so I was making this cake, but, but the consistency of the cake was a little off. The consistency was more like a Jiffy cornbread than a cake. Y'all like. Y'all ain't finna judge me like that. Not being from Denver, you are not finna judge me. 
Because that cake would beat anybody else's cake on it. No, I'm just messing. Right? I'm just messing. I'm just messing. It feels good. It feels good. Watch me. So, 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 watch me. So, what happens is, is I could tell I was losing it because I made this cake and the consistency was like Jiffy cornbread. I was like, okay, this is all. So then I thought, well, the icing will make up for it. <laughs> that was number some cornbread icing. I mean, cornbread with ice, that, that's all it was. I mean, it was so bad. Normally, you'll eat your own food if it's bad. It was so bad. I said, so what are we going to eat after this? I could tell I was losing it. And here's the deal. It's not that, watch me, it's not that I did anything wrong. I didn't do enough of what was right. Watch me, because I thought that I knew how to make it based on making it previously. Mm. So I didn't read the instructions to discover that this one required a little bit more than the other. Come on. And for many of you, God had to bring you to a man of God called Bishop Foreman, to a place called Horace, because there were some additional instructions you needed to be taught, that you needed to learn. And it's not that your faith wasn't working. It's not that your tithing wasn't working. But somebody say, but there's more. So for many of you, the first fruit, this is the first time that you've heard about it. This is the first time it's ever been taught to you, but it's in the scripture. If your tithe is like one ore on a paddle boat and uh, the uh, offering is like another ore, the first fruit's like putting a motorboat on the back of your boat. It is like shifting your life into super speed. Got it? I, that's what it is. It says the offerings, the first fruits, the tithes. Notice um, the, the prioritization of these. It lists the offering first, which means your seed should be preeminent to you. So the tithe was the baseline. That's why it's listed last. So your seed should be preeminent to your first fruits, which, of course, you receive only when there's a specific increase. And then your tithe, that's what you pay. Say, I sow the offering. I pay the tithe. I gave you three principles. One, tithe consistently. And I said, if you weren't a tithe on Sunday, start tithing. It belongs to God. Luke chapter 27 says, it's holy unto the Lord, which means to not tithe is like you are messing with God's stuff. God's like, this is mine. Because like this, this is not like like you you weren't. That's not seed because that's mine. Got it. But then watch me. I said number two. Sow. Watch the comma consistently, uh, because it's when you sow. It's not just about sowing. It's about sowing in a consistent way, in a consistent fashion. If you want a consistent harvest, you have to have consistent seed in the ground. This is why many of you need to rejoice. Why do we keep saying stuff about your next twelve? It's because in your previous twelve, you've been sowing. So that means in your next 12, there's some harvest that's scheduled for you. I wish you acted like you were Isaac and you were going to sow and reap in the same year. The Bible says in Genesis 26 that he sowed in a time of famine in the same year. He reaped how much? A hundredfold. Then the Lord blessed him. I need you to hear me. God says you're going to reap and then I'm going to bless your harvest. Shut up. Which means the harvest wasn't even the blessing. I'm about to bless your harvest. I need somebody in this building and online to say, he's about to bless my harvest. Wait a minute, I need you to catch that. The harvest wasn't the blessing. The harvest wasn't the blessing. Because the Bible says in Genesis 26, we looked at it on Sunday, that the Lord, uh, Isaac, sowed in that lamb, and he reaped the same year a hundredfold. Then the Lord blessed him. In other words, the harvest wasn't even the blessing. God says, I'll bless your harvest, but the harvest ain't the blessing. Now, I, I, now I need you to understand the nuance. Why is the difference important? Because you'll shout off the harvest. 
And God says, well, no, I'm a, you're going to get that, but then I'm going to bless that. So let me prophesy to somebody. You're going to go to the mailbox and there's going to be an unexpected check on Thursday. And God says, but that ain't even the blessing. That's just your harvest. I'm going to bless your harvest so that you're going to take that and triple that. I... Somebody say, he's going to bless my harvest. And then three, I told you, and I taught you to sow increasingly, to sow increasingly. Um, that the goal should always be to increase your seed. So always be to increase your seed. Um, listen, nobody wants to be a small business forever. Uh, as if you start a small business, um, you know, then at some point you want that business to not be small anymore. Um, now, there are some people, you've met somebody who they were content and they were satisfied. And you're saying there's more and they're saying I'm good. You, you, watch me. You're the there's more people. We're the there's more people. So while you're satisfied, I'm like, that's good for you, but I know theirs. I used to love watching infomercials because in an infomercial, I don't know that they really come on that much anymore. Um, if they do, I'm just asleep at the time. But um, I used to watch infomercials, and I loved Ron Popeil's. Anybody remember Ron Popeil's infomercials? I liked Ron Popeil's infomercials because his infomercials were always the same setup. And I loved it. They had the live studio or the studio audience in there, and the host would come on out, and they'd come out like, you know, like, what are you running from? Like, why are you running out here? And the host would come out, <laughs> everybody, everybody, I'm Sissy Biggers, and uh, I was a host off of Food Network, so used to do that, what's her name? And um, Ready, Set, Cook, some of y'all remember the original Food Network, you remember the original Food Network, all right, and that was her name, and she'd come out, and she says, listen, well, folks, we're so excited today uh, to talk to you, listen, how many of you hate the bulky appliances in your kitchen, then they got somebody doing all over dramatic? Then they go through the whole thing. Today, I've got none other than Ron Popeil. He's the man behind the, uh, 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 the, the pasta machine. He's the, the food dehydrator and all that. Ron, come on out. And then Ron comes on out. Come on, y'all clap for Ron. Clap for Ron. Ron comes out. He got an apron on. Like, Ron, what you finna cook? He got an apron on. And uh, then Ron, hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hey, folks. Hey, folks. And then they would go through the little thing, and they'd spend eight minutes, and then they'd cut to the commercial. And then the commercial would come on, and it'd be, you know, all, it'd have gradient on the screen to try to make it look all dramatic about this bulky appliance. That, and so you start feeling bad about something you were once excited about. You're like, I used to like my oven, but you know what? That old, can't stand that oven. Got to turn it on and stuff. This is too many steps. And so you do that, and they get to that, and then they say, and for Three easy payments of $39.99. And then you know what? When you were like, that's a good deal. What do they do? But wait, there's more. Can I tell you that's the kind of people we all harvest? We're the kind of people that say, God, that was good. But wait, there's more. He's the God that does exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think, which means right when you're like, God, I'm good, he says, but wait, there's more. So Luke 6.38 says, give, and it will be given to you. How? Now, this amplifies, so this one's a little different. But you're right, though. They will pour. What does this mean? God says, I'm going to make others do it. Mm. Your God is so amazing that he'll make people that don't even like you. He'll make them pour into you. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap or your life. What? A good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, 
and running over, look at what Amplified says, with no more space left for more. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. God says, listen, I need you to run out of space. Okay, you're missing the principle. God says, I want to bless you in such an amazing way that you run out of space. You're like, where am I going to put this? You know you're blessed when you get stuff and you're like, I don't even know where I'm going to put it. You need to be so blessed. People look at you and say, where do you get somebody that has everything? Simone. With no space left for more. Watch me. Look at the next part. For with the standard of measurement you use, it will be measured to you in return. So what does that mean? Greater seed, greater harvest. You see the arrows there? Greater seed, greater harvest. Say it with me. Greater seed, greater harvest. So the third thing we fixed on Sunday was your money mentality. So we dealt with your money management, your money movement, and your money mentality. And this is going to take us into today's message. We learned that faith and finances aren't separate. We learned that uh, the Bible talks a lot about it. We learned that money is a resource, not my source. You are not working to make a living. Your giving is how you make your living. Listen, you're broke if money is all you got. Got it? All right, we can show love with money, but shouldn't uh, love money. Then we learned that money is a fuel and a tool, but money shouldn't what? Shouldn't rule. And then here's the last one that's going to take us into today's message. You ready? That God wants you to have money, but not for money to have you. How do I know the difference? Is that if you think you're better because of money, you know money has you. But if you realize, I just have more tools, that's all. I just have fuel, that's all. But that doesn't, I, I don't attach my worth or value to having that. Because let me tell you what happened. Because then what happens if you don't have that? What happens to the people who have lots of that who are still nuts? I mean, Looney Tunes. I and mean, there's people with lots of money, and you sometimes think they earned it. Just because the person has money doesn't mean they worked hard. And that God blessed them. There's a such thing called being born into it. And this is what you're going to do for the people after you and your bloodline. <laughs> They're going to be born in. They're not going to know what it is to have to start at the bottom. Because being born after you, they're going to learn to be able to start further in advance. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance. Open your mouth say, I'm a good one. I'm leaving an inheritance, which, mean, which means your grandkids won't know lack because of you. Your kids won't know lack because of you. Your nieces and nephews won't know lack because of you. They're going to be born and people going to say, man, you remember the struggle? They're going to be like, I don't know no struggle. My daddy took care of me. I don't know no struggle. My mama made sure when I was born, I was hooked up. Got it? All right, all right, all right, all right. Psalm 35, 27. <clears throat> Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So we learned on Sunday prosperity there is bigger than cash, cars, and clothes. Money uh, uh, is only one part of prosperity, but it's not prosperity. Got it? Because what good is your money if you're sick? You got what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of people, listen, this last year has taught us that it don't matter how much money you got. 
There are certain things money can't fix. And that's why you never need to feel jealous of anybody. Watch, watch me. Because you maybe didn't have the financial tool or resource they had, but you had a shield of favor. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You had a shield of favor so that what was taking them out was building you up. Are y'all here? Right? Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So prosperity is the word shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Let's add this, nothing perfect. Like if you're looking for your Christian life to be a day like where you wake up and there's no problems. Like can we be honest though? Can we have an honest conversation, me and you? Just me and you. Don't even worry about your neighbor. Come on Facebook, let's go. Come on YouTube, let's go. Come on Harvard Channel. Can we have an honest conversation? Have you ever like thought to yourself, like dreamed of a day? Well, you just wake up and you hear the water splashing and no problems. Everybody do exactly what they're supposed to do. Don't nobody have no attitude with you. Don't nobody start nothing with you. Everything goes well. Your breakfast is good. Your lunch tastes amazing. Your dinner is just absolutely incredible. Your kids walk up to you, my father, my father, what must I do to serve thee? For you mothers, your kids walk in there and say, Mama, you've been so good to me. Here go keys to a house. Mama, you've been so good to me. Here go keys to a car. Mama, you've been so good to me. Here go a trip. Mama, you've been so good to me. What else you want? So let me tell you about how it really works. <laughs> and that can happen. <laughs> um, but, but, here's <clears throat> but here's how it really works. Um, shalom doesn't mean perfect. It just means that when I do the calculations, you got to get your Medea calculator out. <laughs> when I do the calculations, nothing is missing. <laughs> I didn't say I ain't ticked off about some stuff, but ain't nothing missing. Nothing is lacking. I, I didn't say it's some stuff I need. Ain't, I didn't say it ain't some seats I need to fill. But when I look around, there's no lack. I'm the only one that notices it. Come on here. You're the only one that notices certain things that are not the way they're supposed to be. Everybody else looks at you and says, it looks complete. <laughs> nothing is missing. Nothing is lacking. Nothing is broken. See, when I do my calculations, the truth is, this is working. It's not broken. Open your mouth and say, this is working, it's not broken. Uh-uh, you ain't saying it like you mean it. Say, this is working, it's not broken. Come on, Wednesday night. I'm not playing with you people. Open your mouth and say, this is working, it's not broken. Be careful that you don't try to tinker with it. Because, hey, Abraham and Sarah, this is working, it's not broken. I'm going to give you a son. Well, God, it's taking too long. I told you I'll give you a son. I didn't say when. Now wait. Now in the meantime, all y'all got to do is enjoy life. Now I need you to think about this. God tells Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to give you a son. Um, and he, Isaac, uh, will be your son. And um, he's going to be a father of many nations. Just like you, Abraham, Sarah, you'll be the mother of many nations and all of that. It's taking too long. Listen, guys, you're shalom. Nothing's broken. But it's taking too long. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me because you would be shouting by now. So I'm going to keep saying it until I get your response. All right. Okay. Nothing's broken, but God is taking too long. So when you start tinkering with stuff, 
you break what wasn't broken. You think it's taking long, but God says it's on schedule. You think this is taking too long, God says, but I'm taking care of you. All you got to do is enjoy your life. All you got to do is have a good day. All you got to do is serve me. Like you the one screwing this up, not me. Nothing's broken. Lay your hands on yourself to enjoy your life. You tinkering with it. You're messing with it. He's like, all you got to do is just wait. You're going to have a child. Well, God, it's taking too long. Look, girl, if you don't sit down somewhere. Well, I'm going to help my husband out. You're tinkering with it. I'm going to help him out. I'm going to help him out. And uh, I'm going to give him Hagar, my maidservant. I'm going to let him go sleep with her because it's taking too long. Y'all had a great marriage. You screwed it up. <laughs> Things were fine and you started messing with it. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. Things were fine, and you the one came home with an attitude slamming cabinets. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You start messing with it, and then you'll accuse God of something lacking, and God is like, nothing was lacking. I told you I'd give you a son. I didn't say when. So all I need you to do is keep doing what I said to do, and what I said will come to pass. So you start tinkering with her. So she gives Hagar to Abraham. Abraham goes into her that he might know her. And she gets pregnant. She's prego. She has a child. Ishmael comes out. And uh, Abraham's like, Lord, that you would bless Ishmael. He said, no. You started tinkering with Shalom. You screwed Shalom up. Stuff was good for you, and you screwed it up. I need you to lay your hands and say, but I ain't doing that this time. Come on. There are certain things you start messing with it and getting in the way and getting impatient and starting stuff and sending crazy emails and sending crazy messages and doing crazy. Stop! It's quiet in here. Stop. So now Isaac uh, or Ishmael comes forth and God says, no, I'm not going to have a covenant with him. Then Sarah and Hagar start fighting because, you know, you got two ladies in the house and one of them, one of them she was like, you may have had them once, but I got them all the time. He's mine. And so they're going back and forth in the house. It's a whole Jerry Springer situation in one house. You got the new girl and the old girl in the same house. But the old girl tinkered with Shalom and brought the new girl in there because in her mind, this is taking too long. So, let, so something must be broken because it hasn't happened yet. Can I let somebody know nothing's broken? It's just not scheduled yet. Oh, my God. Huh? Can I let somebody know you are not behind schedule? You are right on schedule? Nothing's broken because it didn't happen according to your time. God says everything is aligned according to my time. Right. So, so, so nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well, but nothing is perfect. That's shalom. All is well. Say all is well. Like when you really step back and do your calculations, all is well. Like all is well. For many of you, this is the first time in your life you have not dealt with deep depression. Come on here. For many of you, this is the first time in your life that, that you are not worried about where your next is coming from. Come on. For some of you, this is the first time in your life you have peace. Because you had stuff, but you never had internal who can be honest that if you really do your calculations, you're shalom, like all is well. 
Nothing's perfect, but all is well. Can we take a 10-second praise break to thank God that you are shalom? Go! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, all is well. 5, 4, somebody shout, all is well. Say it again, all is well. All right, all right, all right, all right, grab a seat. Like, don't mess with it. Like, it's okay. You be doing too much sometimes. Hey, can I get you to do that with me? I rebuke the spirit of extra. All right? So here's the deal. Shalom. Then it's a life of favor. It's a life of favor. Say favor. So God says, part of what I give you is I give you favor. I rejoice, God says, I delight in you being favored. I like to look at your life and to see that you've been favored. Favor is preferential treatment. God says, because you're mine, they should treat you like you're mine. They should give you preferential treatment. Say, I have shalom and favor. And then health. God says, prosperity is shalom, it's favor, and it's health. And I've already made it clear. What good is wealth without health? What good is favor and you can't enjoy it because you always sleep? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Let me say I'd be sleeping. <laughs> you take five naps like a cat. <laughs> I, I'm not knocking napping. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is what good is shalom and favor if you're not healthy to enjoy it? What good is having favor when you're not, don't, don't pray, uh, you see, sing the song, and your family, and your children, and their children, and their children, and you can't go to the playground to play with them, because you too, come here, baby, wait a minute. No, I pray health for you. It's I pray your next 12, watch me, are your healthiest 12. If you don't open your mouth, say, and my next 12 are my healthiest 12, physically, and emotionally. Let's just call some stuff out. So on, on Monday night, on Monday night, on Monday night, um, on Monday night, one of my uh, leaders just sent me an email after prayer. And if you watch prayer on Monday, you'll notice um, I said, I hear you, Holy Ghost. And I began to call out specific sicknesses. And I began to call out specific, y'all, we're about to go up, so I need you to get ready. And I began to call out specific uh, um, diseases and cancers. You remember that from prayer? If you watch prayer. And I began to call them out specifically. And I said, I don't know who this is. I said, but you have been concerned about premature death. And I said, Psalm 9116, with long life, he will satisfy me. Right after prayer, I got an email with a bunch of wow, wow, wows in the email. And I said, oh, God, Jesus Christ, what is it? But it was good news. I need you to get ready for good news that at first... <laughs> At first glance, you might be a little concerned about what it was, but somebody said, but it's going to be good news. It was one of our, it was one of our digital harvesters. One of our digital, uh, uh, they were reporting me a story about one of our digital harvesters. One of our digital harvesters, um, they were apologizing. They said they'd been off on their uh, serving and not been focused and stuff like that because they were just diagnosed uh, with stage two breast cancer. And so what I didn't know when I began to call that out is that they had had that conversation before prayer, but the Holy Ghost had set it up so that that would be shut. So watch me. In the name of Jesus, y'all better come on here. 
I speak to you right where you're at, and I send the healing power of the Lord from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I rebuke cancer in your body, every cell. I command it to operate properly. In the name of Jesus, be healed, be healed, be healed. Open your mouth and say, I am healed. Come on, Wednesday, give God glory. We are about to see another healing. We're about to see another healing. We're about to see another healing. Hallelujah. So, 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 so health. Somebody say health. Notice not healing there, but health. Healing means you had to get sick. Health meant you never got sick. Prosperity says you never got sick. Prosperity said, when they say surgery, you're like, I ain't never broke a bone. Y'all ain't going to talk. See, 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 health means that you never got something that you needed to recover from. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I am shalom. I am favored. And I am healthy. Say it with me. I am shalom. I have favor. And I am healthy. Can you say it with some authority? Say, I am shalom. I have favor. And I am healthy. Better than I've ever been. God says, I delight in that. But, but, here's, but, here's, but here's what it doesn't say. That's not a failureless life. You ready to turn this corner? Because we shout shalom, we shout favor, we shout health. But he never promised you no failure. In fact, here's what he promised you. Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man may fall. Seven times. Seven is the number of completion, which means God says you're going to fail until you learn. But I need you to act like you got a Ph.D. in your life. Come on. I need you to act like you've been through enough stuff already to where you're like, God, you completed some stuff in me. I lost last decade, lost last year, failed last year, but you did a seven in me. Somebody say he did a seven in me. That's so powerful, the number of times. He didn't say three times, that's the number of witness. He didn't say five times, that's the number of grace. He didn't say six times, that's the number of man. He said seven times, that's the number of completion. Interesting, interesting. You ready? Can I connect some dots for you Wednesday night? And then we got to go all the way up. You ready? Because we're at about a six. I needed to get to a 42. <laughs> all right, in intensity. You, you ready? Here's what's significant, okay? Right. Seven is the biblical number of what? Completion. Completion, uh, seven is also the biblical number for completion, which is shalom. Go back to Psalm 35 for me. Go back to Psalm 35. Come on. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the shalom. Next verse. Come on, next verse. For a righteous man may fall until he's shalom. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. In other words, what are you trying to tell me, Bishop? God says you needed that because it was completing something on the inside of you. You needed failure because it finalized some things in you. For a righteous man may fall. How many times? Seven. This is why some of you are like, did you really do this again? Can I be honest with you? You did. Can we have an honest conversation? How many of us we've ever done something like, I can't believe I'm, I didn't made the same failure, the same mistake? Come on, we've all done it. My hands are up, my feet are up, my knees are up. 
my elbows are up. My neck is up. Ears are up. Eyebrows up. Here's why this is important. Proverbs says wisdom, wisdom, Proverbs. Wisdom says you're going to fall seven times. You're going to fall until something in you is no longer missing. Something in you is no longer broken. Because you picked friends from your brokenness. Let's talk. You pick relationships from your brokenness. You pick what you thought you deserved. <laughs> I'm about to preach the way I want to now. Right? Right? You, you, all of your failures came from the places where something was missing. Something was broken. Something was lacking. Something wasn't well. All of your failures emanated from that place. So Proverbs says it's going to take you some, watch me, some repeated failures in the same area before that thing is finally complete. So can I, can I free some of you? Because some of you, you've been hard on yourself about screwing up the same way more than once. Oh, my God. Let me talk to these people because ain't nobody. Who can be honest that you, you got angry with yourself because you made the same mistake more than one time, had the same failure more than one time? Can I tell you it was working for your good? Why? It was completing something in you. It was making sure that didn't lack anymore, that wasn't broken, and all was well. Say, thank God for my failures. And here's the best part about this verse, Wednesday. Now, y'all are about a six, and you just, let's jump. You ready? He says, you're going to fail. He says, but before you even fail, I'm prophesying you're going to rise. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Somebody needs to get excited because your rise is about to manifest. Somebody say, and I'll rise again. Say, and I'll rise again. It prophesies your rise before your fall. In other words, even if you feel like you failed and screwed up some stuff just today, you need to give God glory. Why? He said, I'm telling you, you're going to get up. Open your mouth and say, and I'll rise again. Say it again, and I'll rise again. So watch, so watch, so watch, so watch, so watch. 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 Say, and I'll rise again. Can I just get you to say that with some authority? Because y'all sound a little too timid for me. Can I just get you just a teaspoon of South Memphis? That's all I need, just a teaspoon. Right? You don't even got to worry about it. Just figure it out. Context screws. Can I get you to say, and I'll rise again? So when the devil says, look, you done done it again, you can say, but guess what, sucker? And I'll rise again. You thought those negative thoughts again. Look at you. And I'll rise again. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. You messed up and screwed up again. And I'll rise again. All I need is one more rise than a failure. All I need, if I fail 10 times, all I need is to get up on 11. If I fail 20, all I got to do is get up on 21. Okay, I never hold Say, and I'll rise again. So watch, so watch, so watch, so watch. So watch. That's good news. Can I be honest? God ain't even tripping that you failed. He's like, but you better get up. I came on this Wednesday night to tell somebody that you better get up.
And you better get up. You better not stay down. You better not stay defeated. You better not stay depressed. You better not stay discouraged. And I'll rise again. Watch. Watch. Well, Bishop, I said something. I don't know if I can take it back. You better drop your pride and I'll rise. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight, but I'm going to go in for somebody. Because for somebody, it's a defibrillator on you tonight. You, you better come back to, you better, you better rise again. All right, all right, <laughs> say, and I'll rise again. I said I wasn't going to eat that, and I ate it anyhow. And I'll rise again. I said I wasn't going to cry about that, and I cried about it. And I'll rise again. I shouldn't have sent that email. Well, I apologize for it. And I'll rise again. I shouldn't have spent that money. You're going to make some more money and I'll rise. Shout out, rise again. Failure isn't final. Failure isn't final. Please open your mouth and say that. Failure isn't final. Not if you're a righteous man. What's a righteous man? Romans says that he makes us righteous. <laughs> Through his sacrifice on Calvary. What is a righteous man? A righteous man doesn't do everything right, but he writes his wrongs. I'm going to say that again so you get it. A righteous man doesn't do everything right, but they right their wrongs. A righteous woman doesn't do everything right. In fact, can I be honest with you, baby girl? You're going to screw up a whole lot. But a righteous woman, she writes her wrongs. I rebuke your pride that makes you think you can't fix it. That makes you think you can't get it right. That makes you think you can't go get that situation together. And you go rise again. Here we go. And I'll rise again. I, um, I was on a meeting with pastors today, and a pastor shared something um, a very, very uh, um, uh, known pastor. And he, he was talking about this, and he said, since November, his turnover on his staff is that such that 50% of his team are new people. And that's every company, that's everywhere, that's everybody. Everybody knows it. The recruiters will tell you. People's loyalties are different. Um, companies are doing things. CEOs in Colorado, when I sit on the meetings with the CEOs, you know what they say? about Colorado particularly, they said that there's a struggle. Even when I was meeting with the governor the other week, they said there's a struggle in Colorado for skilled labor. So consequently, unskilled labor is demanding a rate of pay that's higher than it should be paid. 
And consequently, it's making people feel a sense of entitlement because they think they can demand a rate that they wouldn't get that rate unless we had a need. That's what the executives are saying, the chief executives are saying. And, and as the pastor was saying this, and I was thinking about this, I was thinking through some things, and I was like, wow. And, and, and as a pastor, and you deal with change, that's the name of the game. You deal with change, all that, that's the name of the game. But I was just thinking, like, wow, I said, 50% of your staff is me in six months. Which means you, you're like in Strangerville. And what blessed me is he said it, and he was like, and let me encourage y'all. And out. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because for some of you, watch me, you make too big of a deal of things that aren't that big of a deal. Well, Bishop so-and-so walked out on me. Well, you built them, build another. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Well, Bishop, my friend for years, and we told secrets that tell somebody else's secrets. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Well, Bishop, I spent all that time on that house and I lost the house. Get another one. And do some better work on that one. A reset is nothing more than an opportunity to begin again better than you did the first time. Again, point to somebody, encourage them, say, and you will rise again. Say, and we will rise again, period. What are you doing, Bishop? I'm just showing you how to rehearse your rise. <laughs> Oh, I need somebody to rehearse your rise in this building. Say, and I'll rise again. All right, all right I got to go. Got to go. Got to go. <laughs> got to go. All right, watch. Watch. I can stop right there. I can stop right there. Bishop, how do I fix my failures? Get up. Bishop, how do I fix my failures? Rise again. Well, Bishop, Bishop, what's me? I've invested all of this into these people. And these people turned them. Anybody have, like, you didn't have, like, one person turn on? You had, like, a group. Everybody's, oh, look, wait, she stood up. She said, wait a minute, Bishop. No, let me tell you about this here. Watch me. All of it. Y'all see all these hands up in this building? Online, do the hand wave emoji. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Do the hand wave emoji. Check this out. Check this out. And in that moment, you can be like, what am I going to do? Can we tell the truth? Can we tell the real truth? No, seriously, can I tell you the real truth? Everybody knew in that group you were the one that brought the all the value. Okay. Everybody in that group knew that you were the one that brought the sauce in the front. Okay. Yeah, okay, y'all gonna look at me with that tone of it. Everybody knew it but you. Everybody knew it but you. What am I gonna do, Bishop? Just like you built them? 
Say, Lord, now send me some people where it's reciprocity. I ain't just pouring, but they... I'm not just sowing, but they... I'm not just building, but they... You didn't lose nobody. God got some leeches out of your life. I don't know, some pastors watching me, listen to me, pastor, there's one of you, there's thousands of them. What am I going to do? You built them. Build some new ones. And when you build some new ones, build them better than you built your first ones. I pray you, oh my God, let me go up in the prophetic. I pray your next batch be better than your last batch. I pray that what you build next is way better than anything you've built before. Well, say, under Bahataya. Say, and my next will be better than my previous. Say, and my next will be better than my previous. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. Stop, stop, stop. All right, we gotta go. We gotta go. Can I finish? Here we go. So today's message. <laughs> It's called How to Fix Your Failures. And I'm going to get to you real fast. Here it is. I, I just gave you really the whole message. Get up. Rise again. Actually, go back to Proverbs. <laughs> again. This means this ain't the first time you had to bounce back. This ain't the first time you had to start over. This ain't the first time you had to start from scratch. This ain't the first time you had to build from nothing. Rise up! <laughs> All right. Somebody said, this is not the first time. But it's going to be the best one. I... My God today, my God today, this ain't the first, but this is about to be the best. Yes, say it again. Say it's going to be the best. And my next 12 will be my best 12. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Here we go. Uh, 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 uh. Here we go. Here we go. So what's failure? Failure is not meeting a desired or intended objective. Let me give you this. There's four ways dishonor causes failure. This is what we're going to fix in you tonight. Say these four things will be shalom tonight. Say why four, Bishop? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So if I get you to fix these four, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Here's the first one, here's the first one, here's the first one, preparation. Luke 14, 28. When you dishonor preparation, when you don't prepare for what you're trying to do, you will fail. It is arrogant to show up unprepared. Open your mouth and say, I prepare. I prepare. 
Y'all remember when you used to lay your church clothes out? Now, who still does it? Come on, come on, come on. Lay your church clothes. Now, now saying, you would prepare. You didn't just wake up and see what the Lord was going to do. You knew what he was going to do because you laid it out the night before. You prepared. Watch me. The one that's going to win in the next 12 is the prepared one. <laughs> Say, I am prepared. But which of you designed to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? Say, preparation. Whether he has enough to complete it. God, God says, listen, I need you to prepare. And when you dishonor the law of preparation, you will fail. You, you didn't fail because you weren't skilled. You failed because you weren't prepared. You just woke up and said, Lord, give me all the stuff I need for the test. Put it on my mind. Now, can I be real with you? Put it in mind. Y'all don't want that. When, when I used to test, when I studied, I wouldn't do good. So me, my preparation was flipping through the book, and I saw this one video where they did the little three fingers when they was reading real fast. Okay, never mind. Okay, let's just get back to the bird. Okay, forget that. Back to this. For which of you <laughs> designed to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to compete? Say, I will prepare for my next. I, I need you to start preparing. Prepare so much that when people look at you, they're like, it don't take all of that. And then you'll say to them, maybe not for you, but I'm not failing in my next one. Everything that could happen, I got a plan for it. Y'all, I got belt, suspenders, I got socks, I got shoes, I got drawers, I got long johns, I got jeans, I got green jeans, tomatoes, rams, rams. You name it. I got it. I, listen, I'm prepared. Say, I'm prepared. The law of preparation says that whatever could happen, I'm ready for it to happen. That way, when something, if you get bad news because you're prepared, you're like, well, I expected that because I prepared based on their patterns. So you can't blindside me because I'm a prepared man. Here we go, number two, number two, number two. Is this helping anybody? Principles. If you dishonor principles, you will fail. All right? Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, GWT, God's Word translation. Never stop reciting or saying these teachings. What teachings? The principles Moses taught you. You must think about them when? When? In other words, I need you to stay with these things. Stay with these things so that you will faithfully do, that means you won't sway, everything written in them. I need you to think about these principles day and night, day and night, day and night. I need you to not think about them only, but I need you to say them. So I need you to say them. I need you to stay with them so you don't sway from them. It's on the screen. I need you to say them uh, so that you stay with them so that you don't sway from them. Let me tell you why you sway. It's because that's not what you meditated on. Meditated is focused thinking. That, you ain't got to be sitting with Indian style with your hands like this to be meditating. What they call it, crisscross applesauce. I don't like applesauce. Listen. You have to be doing that. It's focused thinking. It's focused thinking. Watch this. Look at the last part of the verse. Only then will you, please say the next two words, prosper and succeed. It's the opposite of failure. Success. He says, 
Only then will you not fail when you honor the principles you've been taught. So I didn't send you to church just to feel good. I sent you to church for life to be good. And I sent you, I sent you to a mo I sent you a Moses, I sent you a man of God to teach you principles that what you're supposed to do is say it. Let me tell you how you know you're getting it. Because when you're at your job, you start saying stuff, and then you say, I sound just like Bishop. And it's not about magnifying man, no, because all I'm giving you is the word of God. So, so you, you start saying stuff to people, and you be like, man, bah, you, you, shut up. You, you, you start saying the word, and all of a sudden, you start talking about, I am Shalom. You start walking around talking about rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. That's Bible. He says, never stop reciting these teachings, what you were taught. He says, you got to think about it day and night, night and day. Then you'll do it. He says, you don't do it because this ain't what you think about. He says, this is why you fail, because when you're thinking about it, you're not thinking about the principles. You're thinking about whatever it is you think about that has nothing to do with the principles. He says, this is the only way you're going to prosper and succeed. Psalm 35, 27. And the, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let's go back to Joshua. God says, but the reason you don't prosper is you dishonor principles. The reason you fail is you dishonor principles. You heard what you were taught. You didn't do it, though. So now it doesn't work for you. Now you mad. But why are you mad? But open your mouth and say, but in my next 12, I'll be prepared and I'll follow the principles. Last two and then we're out of here. Last two and then we're out of here. Come on, Facebook, share. Come on, YouTube, share. A person. Uh-oh. There are certain people that when you dishonor, you will fail. All right, let's go. I don't need y'all to get quiet right through here. All right, here we go. Jeremiah 23 and 4. Which verse? Four. And I will set up, this is the Dewey Reigns Bible. It's the DRB. Some of y'all, I, I ain't never seen, who is that? Devontae Renault, the old Jenkins version of the Bible. And I will set up pastors over them. Who will do what? My job is to feed you. That's why I don't make regular food no more. I make spiritual food. Come on. And here's what the Bible says. They show fear. Nor shall they be dismayed, which means stressed out. Nor shall, any, uh, shall they be wanting or in lack, says who? The Lord. Wait a minute. God says, if you've got fear, there's a man you wouldn't hear. It's quiet now. If you're stressed out, if you are in dismay, stressed out, God says, there's a person that you have dishonored. It's quiet. If you are in lack, <laughs> if you are in lack, God says, you dishonored. And look at the, look at the, uh, 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 first part of the verse and I will set up 
I'm done. If you are experiencing those three things, it's an indictment on your honor and the lack thereof of who was sent to be your help. You got that one? Sweeten this one up. Sweeten it. Give me no, give me something rougher. Every now and then, I think you're like, I can't do something rough. Give me, give me something rougher. 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 Even rougher. Rougher. Rough. Rough. It's rough where I got to cup the mic like this rough. Come on. Everybody say, I'm a person of honor. Most people have never been taught to honor anyone. And when they are taught to honor any man because it's foreign, they think it's not Bible. It's rough. If you grew up hating your father, or not knowing your father or seeing him dishonored then what will happen is then this concept here this is one you, you may need some prayer to help you out right now because God says God says listen if you experience those three things I set up a, a man of God over you that his job is to feed you and if you will eat what he's getting if you will pick up what he's putting down you won't have fear you won't have lack and you won't be stressed. If you are stressed and you have lack and you are scared, it is because you have dishonored who I set over you. Let's move on. Because it's quiet in here. Say proper priorities. Proper priorities. Come on, y'all. Y'all were at about a six and you dropped about a two and a half. Come on, Wednesday. All right, here we go. I know you're taking notes. I know, I know. But I need you to learn how to shout and type. You got to learn how to use your thumbs. Hallelujah. Come on, God. Won't you do it? <laughs> See, you got to learn how to multitask. All right, watch me. Proper priorities. When your priorities are out of order, you'll fail. You'll fail. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to show you this real fast, and then we're out of here. Uh, Haggai chapter 1. Verse 5. Now, this is what the Lord of armies says. Carefully consider your ways. You planted a lot, but you harvested little. You eat, but you ain't never full. You drink, and you're still thirsty. You wear clothing, but you don't have enough to keep you warm. Look at this next part. You spend money as fast as you earn it. They shouting out there in the vestibule. I heard that one. This is what the Lord of armies says. Carefully consider your ways. You planted a lot, but you harvested little. You eat, but you're never full. You drink, but you're never thirsty. You wear clothing, but you're never enough. Like you be warm, you spend money as fast as you earn it. Let's go to the next verse. This is what the Lord of armies says. Carefully consider your ways. Go to the mountains, get lumber, build the house. I will be pleased with it, and I will be honored, declares the Lord. Now, what house is he talking about? His the first part of the verse, God says, so your house is all put together, paneled up. Your business is well taken care of. And God says, and you say it's not time for you to handle my business. It's quiet in this church. 
I'm just trying to teach the Bible. So, so, so look, so God says, I need you to go to the mountain. In other words, he says, I need you to get to work. Open your mouth and say, I'm getting to work. Come on, y'all, let's close this thing out. And I will be honored, declares the Lord. Uh, you expected a lot, but received a little. What is that? Failure. You, when you bring home, I blow it away. God says, that's why sometimes you can't rebuke it, because you can't rebuke God. Why, declares the Lord of armies, it's because my house lies in ruin while you busy working on your house. God says, you want me to build your thing, but the thing that feeds you, you won't help build. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm going to build the house. Come on. Come on, Wednesday. They say, I'm a house builder for the Lord. Say, I work for God. God says, God says this is why, this is why. Verse 10, it is because of you that the sky has withheld its dew and the earth has withheld its produce. He says, there's some fruit that's missing. He said, and I'll let that fruit loose when I see you start building my house. How do I build it? It's five T's. Come on. Uh, it's your time. That's your church attendance. It's your treasure. That's your faithful giving. It's your talent. That's serving in church. You can do it in Denver. You can do it in Atlanta. So you can do it online. Uh, it is your thirst. That's your prayer, praise, and worship. And it's your testimony. That's inviting people to church. Somebody said there's five of them. Five ways to build. Talk to me, Wednesday. Say five ways to build. It's because of you that the sky is withheld its dew and the earth is withheld its produce. Look at verse 11. This is like a, a, it's a heavy verse. You ready? So it's going to drop us and then I, I'm going to need to pick us back up. You ready? So what did he do? So he called for a drought. On the land. The hills. The grain. The new wine and the olive oil. Can I break the verse down? The land represents what you plant in. Land represents your life. The hills represent your accomplishments. He says, some of you are frustrated because you can't trace your last big accomplishment. But I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, but it's on the way. Come on. Come on, open your mouth and say, but it's on the way. And on the grain. Grain, watch me, grain represented your ability to be able to trade and do commerce. So he says, so he says, your grain is feeling strained. The new wine. He says, you're still going off of last year's high. Wine represents joy. He says, you're still going off of something from, you don't have any fresh victory. That's why you have no fresh joy. And the olive oil. What does that mean? God says, even your anointing is stale. It takes so much to stir you up in the worship because I put your oil in drought. I put your oil in drought because your priorities are out of order. So this is why it takes you 20 minutes to get the breakthrough that you used to get in two minutes. Because your oil is dry. But open your mouth and holler, but tonight... Whatever the ground produces on humans and animals and all of your, look at this last part, your hard work. He says, you're working really hard. He says, but you're frustrated. 
because for the amount of hard work you put in, you're not necessarily seeing that same. And he says, it's because of your priorities. He said, your priorities are out of order. He said, because your priorities are out of order, you're going to experience drought in certain areas. But I came to tell somebody, tonight, look a little rainy to me. Okay. I said, it looks a little rainy to me. I said, it looks a little rainy to me. You better hear that song they sang at the beginning. You better get ready to dance in the rain. It's looking like it's about to rain in your life. Why? My priorities are back in order. I'm honoring the person. I'm honoring principles. And I'm prepared. Say, I'm prepared. I'm honoring principles. I'm honoring the person God placed in my life to lead me spiritually. And my priorities are in order. And say, and because of that, I smell rain. Just the voices. Come on, in this building and online. We're about to shut failure down in your future. I pray that you are a prepared person. I pray that you're a person that honors principles. I pray that you're a person that honors the pastor God's given you. And I pray that you're a person that honors proper priorities. On three, I need to see how you're going to praise him knowing that the rain's coming. One. Two. Wednesday. I need you to get yourself out this drought. Get yourself out this drought. Hey, Get yourself up out this drought. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Come on, Instagram. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Hallelujah. I smell rain. Say it with me. I smell rain say it again I smell rain say it again I smell point to somebody tell them say I smell rain I, 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 I tell somebody say I smell rain There you go. Hallelujah. Say, I smell rain. <laughs> Say, no failure in my next 12. Come on, y'all. 
Say no failure in my next will. I want to do this real quick tonight. If you need to become a Christian and give yourself to the Lord, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you're giving your life to him but you've not been faithful to him, it's to return. Thirdly, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure tonight's your night to be sure. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure in this building online. On three, online, you do the hand wave emoji in the building. You just lift your hand. You ready? One, two. God's coming to get you tonight. Three, that's you. Hand up in this building. Online, do the hand wave emoji and say it's me. Come on, on every platform. Come on, YouTube, Facebook, Harvest Channel. I have digital ambassadors standing by on every platform waiting for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, everybody, say this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. This is my first time praying this. I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Thank you, Lord, that my next 12 will be failure free. I need y'all to say that, please. Say, and my next 12 will be failure free. Say, because I'm prepared. I honor principles. I honor my pastor. And my priorities are right. Say, I'm a person of honor. And say, because of this, the floodgates are open in my life. And because of this, the floodgates are open in my life. Come on, can you just give them glory that whatever areas there's been drought, that's coming to an end. Wherever there's been an area where there's been lack, that's coming to an end. Where there's been fear, that's coming. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, take out your phone, text the word decision to five or uh, to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. 
They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.